So are those the conga? The conga, yeah. Those drums are called the conga, and that was Steve on the drums, and uh, the Vance Memorial Church Chancel Choir under the direction of Mrs. Debbie Briding. We start now in the Hebrew Bible looking at the story of Moses and the Israelites in Exodus. And so we begin today in the third chapter of Exodus at the first verses. This tells us the familiar story of Moses. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. Then then he said, Come closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. And then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their suffering. And I have come down to deliver them from Egypt, from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me, and I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be a sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. 
God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this my title for all generations. And then now we're turning to the 16th chapter of Matthew. We're working our way all the way through Matthew. If you'll remember last week we heard the story of Peter's confession, Peter's declaration that Jesus was and is indeed the Messiah, the Son of God. And in the next paragraph, this is the story we get. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, O Lord, this must never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their lives will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man has come with his angels in glory of his Father. And then he will repay everyone... For what has been done. Truly I tell you there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Can you imagine at all how Peter must have felt on this day? I mean, Jesus has said to him after his confession that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus has said to him, you are no longer to be called Simon, but you are Peter, the rock on which I will build my church. Someone will hand you the keys of heaven. You're glorious. You got it when nobody else did. Good job, man. And then in the next breath, Jesus is calling him Satan and rebuking him to get away from him. Stop telling the cornerstone that I'm no good, you're becoming a stumbling block for me. 
That's a play on words in Greek. And start getting behind my message. You know what I've been saying all this time and you've missed it. You got enough to know that I'm the Messiah, but not enough to know how to follow me. You just see Peter's ego like a balloon being popped with a needle. Why would Jesus do that? Well, first of all, Jesus is aware that he's headed to Jerusalem where in all likelihood he will be put to death. And it's not a pleasant death. You heard Zeke say, I don't ever want to be on a cross. He's right. You never want to be on a cross. It was a miserable way to die. It was torture. And the disciples are hearing this and thinking... Well, if we follow him, are we going to be tortured too? Who wants that life? We're following the Messiah, the Son of God. I had this great Bible teacher. She was actually a Christian ed teacher back way back in the the days when schools still taught people how to be Christian educators. And um, she taught intro to Bible. And she always told the story about how there was a whole row of Theta Chi's that sat in the Theta Chi's, sat in the back of one of her classes one time, and they couldn't understand why God didn't just zap people who didn't do what they were supposed to. And she found them entertaining, you know, like every time something would happen, they'd go like, "Why didn't God just zap him?" Kind of like, you know, Thor with his thunderbolt. Jesus could have zapped any one of these guys. Never did. It's not God's nature. See, they missed the point. They got sort of a little bit of it. Look, God's Jesus is the Messiah. But they missed the best part. Because to follow the Messiah, you have to be like the Messiah. And to be like the Messiah, you have to do difficult things. Now, I'm sure none of you ever have a time in your life when you think that you have to do a difficult thing. Everybody in you, you encounter is probably always rosy and cheery. All the family you live with are all fine people who just totally agree with everything you say and show you all respect at all times. How am I doing? Is anybody buying this stuff? No, we live in a sinful, fallen world. The people we encounter are difficult. And do you ever think, I'm a Christian, I need to respond to them in that manner? When I look at my finances, I need to know 
that I'm giving to God. When I look at my relationships, I need to know that we're treating each other kindly and in a godly way. When I think about where, where I spend my time, I need to think about, am I being a good steward of what I've given, the time I've been given, and am I using it to honor God in some way? It takes discipline to do that. Do you understand that the word discipline is related to the word disciple? The disciples were learning how to be Christ-like. How to be like the Messiah. And that takes discipline. Now, I'm sure in this room there are some fine graduates of the Lindsley School who were taught discipline. Especially when it was a military school. True, Dr. Crow? Yeah, I got the thumbs up. But I think in general we don't really like discipline. I tell Debbie's piano students all the time that the difference between her and me is that when she was eight years old, she actually practiced. I didn't. I didn't have the discipline for it. Being disciplined is difficult. It's hard. It takes work. And those are all things that, in, particularly in a society like ours that is fast-paced and consumer-driven and where we can go like that and get food or go like that and get information or go like that and get whatever we want. Being disciplined is not something that's attractive to a lot of people, but it is what Jesus was talking about. Follow Jesus requires discipline because it's not always going to be easy. Take up your cross and follow me, not easy. Do what I need you to do to be my followers. Not easy. But the rewards for doing those things are literally out of this world. Peter was given the keys to the kingdom. You see classic artwork of Peter. He's holding keys at the gates of heaven. That's the reward for the discipline that we show in following the Christ, the Messiah. May we find the rewards of heaven in our walk toward the cross.
Amen.